Let us pray. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, that you may not do the things that you desire. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. Dear Lord, I come to you in a time of internal struggle. The old way of the flesh and your Holy Spirit war against each other, causing turmoil within me. Sometimes I feel lost and defeated, unable to overcome the desires of the flesh. But I know that all things are possible with you indwelling and empowering me. Remind me that I am a new creation, dead to sin's power and alive in you. Help me remember that I am now one spirit with you, Lord, and that I'm on your team and in your family. The flesh and sin may war against me, but they are not me. I am your child, and displaying the fruit of your spirit is my destiny. Thank you for your love and grace, which empowers me even in the darkest of times. May your light of your resurrection life shine brightly within me, illuminating the path ahead as I walk in perfect union with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with me today. Now discover the profound intricacies of Scripture through Pray.com's podcast, The Heartbeat of Faith with Dr. Andrew Farley. Stay tuned after this quick word from our sponsors. America's federal debt just reached $33 trillion, and many economists predict the weight of this crippling debt load will soon topple the whole financial system. Concerned Americans are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, you should call Birch Gold too. But learn for yourself. Text the word HEARTBEAT to 989898 and they'll send you a free info kit on gold. If you have an IRA or a 401k from a previous employer just gathering dust, Birch Gold can help you convert it into an IRA in gold, and you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. Text HEARTBEAT to the number 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. There's no cost or obligation, so do it now. Text HEARTBEAT to 989898. Hello, I'm Dr. Andrew Farley with today's episode of the Heartbeat of Faith podcast. Today, we're still at war, wrestling through biblical conflict and turmoil by revisiting some of our more violent biblical stories. At the end of this mini-series, I hope we understand how to relate to God, ourselves, and each other in a healthy and grace-filled way. Remember, Peace is not the absence of conflict. It's the presence of God's love and justice in the midst of it. Today we turn inward to look at the inner conflict we all experience. In his epistle to the Galatians, Paul described this inner battle raging within us. This is a battle known as the war between the flesh and the spirit. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, 
and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, that you may not do the things that you desire. Galatians 5, 16-17 You might be tempted to think the flesh here means the human body. But remember, our bodies are holy and acceptable to God. Our bodies are not our enemy or our opponent. No, the flesh, sarks in Greek, refers here to those old patterns of thinking and acting that we sometimes carry into our new life in Christ. Still thinking the flesh means your body? Well, not here. Think about it. Paul says the deeds of the flesh include jealousy and anger. Does your body get jealous? No. Does your body get angry? Of course not. So the flesh is not your body, but instead it's that whole network of attitudes and belief systems that we had when we were still dead in our sins. Now that we're alive in Christ, our minds are still being renewed, right? So those old attitudes of the flesh war against what God's Spirit is wanting to do through us. So what's the solution? Should we analyze those fleshly attitudes? Should we just try hard to improve them? No. Paul gives us the answer. He says, walk by the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The solution is to listen to God's Spirit, to heed His counsel, to let Him convince us of our new identity and to simply walk in step with Him as He guides us from within. Galatians 5.17 is saying that the flesh, that old stinking thinking from before you met Jesus, is trying to keep you from doing what you desire. Remember, you don't really desire sin anymore. You have new desires. Romans 6 says you're obedient from the heart and a slave of righteousness now. You're dead to sin and alive to God. What does that mean? It means you're allergic to sin and addicted to Jesus. You're better than sin. Sin is beneath you. You now have a new heart, a new spirit, and God's spirit living in you. You agree with God, not sin. But this wasn't always the case. Before salvation, you really did want to sin. You were addicted to sin. You craved it. You were sold in bondage to sin. The Apostle Paul recounts his experience at trying to keep the 613 commands in the Jewish law. And then he discovered he had a parasite called sin that was at work within him. He was a slave to sin and didn't even know it. But being under the law helped him see his addiction to sin and his need for freedom from its power. Let's listen in to his words in Romans 7. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am fleshy, sold under sin. For I don't know what I am doing. For I don't practice what I desire to do, but what I hate, that I do. But if what I don't desire... That I do. I consent to the law that it is good. So now it is no more I that do it, but sin which dwells in me. 
for I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For desire is present with me, but I don't find it doing that which is good. For the good which I desire, I don't do, but the evil which I don't desire, that I practice. But if what I don't desire, that I do, it is no more I that do it, but sin which dwells in me. I find then the law that, to me, while I desire to do good, evil is present. For I delight in God's law after the inward person, but I see a different law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity under the law of sin which is in my members. What a wretched man I am! Who will deliver me out of the body of this death? Romans seven fourteen through 24 Many of the judges in the Old Testament also exemplify this slavery to sin that's true of anyone today before they meet Jesus. Gideon is just one example among many. With all good things, evil lurks around the corner seeking to destroy it. Like the serpent in the Garden of Eden, ambition and lust for power lies dormant, waiting to strike. Gideon judged over the Israelite people for forty years, and there was peace across the land. They begged him to be king over them. Yet he refused, saying, Neither I nor my children will be rulers over you. God alone is your king. Gideon was a righteous and good man, yet even he struggled with his own darkness. For all his righteousness, Gideon was gripped by an unquenchable lust. He had many wives and concubines and bore many children. Over seventy sons were accounted to him. When Gideon passed away at an old age, his choice to sow his seed too far would end up hurting the people of Israel. Many of God's judges in the Old Testament remind us of what it's like to want to serve God, but to be stuck in a slavery to sin that is ultimately inescapable apart from Jesus. For example, King Saul found himself descending into a sinful madness, and as a result, he lost his throne. One day, David was playing his harp for Saul. The beautiful music filled the room like the scent of fresh roses. Yet all Saul could hear was that one song, David has killed his ten thousands. The words festered in his subconscious, sitting on his throne with a spear clenched in his fist. He watched David play. He hated him. He hated who he would become. But more than that, Saul hated himself for losing the favor of God. A strange spirit of contempt came over Saul. His eyes became blurry with rage and beads of sweat began to drip from his forehead. I will pin that boy to the wall, Saul whispered to himself. In that instant, Saul yelled and hurled the spear towards David. David's eyes lifted from the harp to the spear just in time, and he ducked away as it flew over his head. Saul took another spear near his throne and flung it at David. This time, David leapt to the right, barely getting scratched by the flying spear. David ran out from the presence of Saul, and Saul collapsed to his knees and wept. 
How do we rise above this slavery to sin? Fortunately, it doesn't take a heroic effort on our part because the real hero, Jesus Christ, has already paved the way. Let me explain. When Jesus died on the cross, he made it possible for you to die with him. No, you're not 2,000 years old. But at salvation, something powerful happened at the core of your being. You were crucified with Christ. Why was this necessary? So that you could die to the power of sin. You see, when you called upon the Lord to be saved, you died with Christ, and then you were spiritually resurrected with Him. This is what makes you born again. You couldn't be born again without dying first. And when you died with Christ, you died to the law. You died to the worldly ways of rule-keeping and self-improvement. You also died to sin's dominance in your life. This is why you can now afford to leave religious rule-keeping behind and trust your new life in Christ. This is what it means to trust in the finished work of Christ. Don't try to die to sin. Count yourself dead to sin right here and now. Believe that sin has no power over you. Believe that Jesus has made you new. So next time you get that nagging temptation, you know, that thought that's been plaguing you, count yourself dead to it. Count yourself dead to sin and alive to God. This is the only real way to find victory over sin, through counting on what Jesus has already done for you. You're new-hearted, and you need to know it. Listen as the book of Acts tells us how this message of the finished work of Christ exploded on the scene. To Peter's astonishment, thousands of people came forward to be prayed for and be baptized. 3,000 souls believed in the finished work of Jesus that day, and they devoted themselves to the teaching of the 12 disciples. They grew in community and fellowship with one another. Awe came upon every soul. They shared all that they had with one another. Day by day, the Lord added to their numbers as they preached the gospel, broke bread, and met in each other's homes. Souls were being saved, revival had begun, and the world would never be the same. In our next episode, we'll examine the war between nations and the never-ending battle of ideologies that continues today. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Heartbeat of Faith podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode or learned something new about the Bible, share it with a friend or family member. Download the Pray.com app, and for more encouragement in God's grace, visit andrewfarley.org. That's andrewfarley.org. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. 
Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.